Frank Ling. And I'm Charles Lee. And you're listening to the Grok Science Show. That's right, it's a weekly look at the world of science, technology, and their effects on our daily lives. Coming up on today's program, Dr. Joe Alton will join us to discuss the Zika virus handbook. So stay tuned for all of this. Plus the Grokatron 5000. And our world famous question a week. Coming right up. Here. On the Grok's Science Show. Science Show. Well, Zika has certainly been in the news lately, and so much so that a letter to the World Health Organization has called for the 2016 Summer Olympics in Rio de Janeiro to be moved or canceled or delayed due to the Zika virus. Certainly, the effects of Zika cannot be even more widespread, and joining us today to uh, talk about this issue is Dr. Joe Alton. Dr. Alton is the author of the Zika Virus Handbook. He is also the author of three category number one Amazon bestsellers, including the Survival Medicine Handbook, and with over 800 articles and medical preparedness on their uh, website, uh, www.doomandbloom.net. Dr. Alden joins us today to discuss the uh, threat or possible cautions we should take regarding uh, Zika virus. And uh, Dr. Alton, thank you very much for joining us today on the Grok Science Show. Thanks for having me. Uh, certainly a pleasure. Certainly a fascinating uh, Zika virus handbook. Uh, I'm, I'm curious just how worried should we be about Zika both here and abroad? Well, you know, Zika exists and is spreading in more than 60 countries, I think 62 at last count, and populations of the mosquito that carries the Zika virus, the Aedes aegyptus, uh, which uh, Aedes is a Greek word for unpleasant, and I'll say, uh, has been identified in 30 U.S. states, and that's up from about 12 uh, in a survey about a decade ago, and mostly, of course, warm weather states like Florida and uh, Texas. However, also, also populations exist in places like Washington, D.C. and New York City. So it is a, a big issue. At the present time, I just wanted to start off by saying that so far, all of the cases of Zika that have uh, arrived in the United States, and actually to 44 different states, uh, have been picked up from travel to the epidemic zone in South America and the Caribbean. So, so far there have been no locally transmitted cases, but the CDC expects clusters of locally transmitted cases before the end of summer, and this is part of our concern. How can we prepare for it, and what are some of the best strategies? Indeed, indeed. I mean, before we get there, just what what are the main problems regarding this virus, and really who should be the most concerned? Well, mostly people that are... Uh, either considering pregnancy, women that are considering pregnancy, women that are pregnant, or men who have uh, female partners who are considering pregnancy or may become pregnant in the next few months. This is something that is mostly from, from an active standpoint, if you have active Zika virus infection, you may have some symptoms like uh, let's say a rash, or you might have some muscle aches, you'll have some fever, you might even have pink eye or conjunctiv- what we call conjunctivitis, but for the most part, it won't do anything else to you if, unless you're interested in becoming pregnant. And then when it does affect somebody that's becoming pregnant, that infection can cause significant birth abnormalities in the child. The Zika virus cells in 
vitro in uh, in laboratory studies have been shown to attack nerve cells, brain tissue, and it causes uh, lack of brain or faulty brain development. And as a result, over the course of time, the fetal head fails to grow. We call that condition microcephaly, and it is often associated with severe disability. Disability to the point that calculations show that an average microcephalic child living a relatively normal or normal length of lifespan may cost ten million dollars per case. Is this just sort of the most dramatic outcome of Zika or can there be sort of gradations of, of the effect of Zika during pregnancy? Microcephaly can occur in a number of degrees of severity, and so some are profoundly disabled. Others simply have a slightly uh, smaller uh, head size and are able to function relatively well, and I think it depends on how early in the pregnancy the condition, the infection was incurred. Is Zika the unique in this regard, or are there other viruses? I wouldn't say a constellation of viruses, but I would. Uh, I know that cytomegalovirus is a virus that can cause microcephaly. I know that uh, many cases are caused by genetic defects. So there are, are, are a number of It's not the only way that you can get microcephaly, but it has been, uh, from an epi epidemiological standpoint, a very uh, profound result in Places like Brazil, which normally has about 150 microcephalic cases of newborns born in an entire year, and now has several thousand suspected and confirmed cases of microcephaly just in the last year. How concerned should we be uh, right now in the United States? Uh, what, uh, as you mentioned, uh, are preventative measures we should be uh, looking at uh, either to uh, prevent contracting the disease now or, or preventing its spread? Well, there are a lot of different ways. I think personally that we're not going to have an actual epidemic, a Brazil-type epidemic in, of Zika in the United States. I believe we will see, as the CDC also believes, clusters of cases in certain communities and warm weather states. The uh, states that are particularly being targeted by the CDC are California, Texas, Florida, Hawaii, Arizona, and Louisiana. And so uh, much of our efforts will re, uh, revolve around mosquito control, and mosquito control can take a number of different uh, forms. You can uh, use biocontrol, where you put out genetically controlled male mosquitoes to compete with with fertile males. Uh, you can put out, uh, let's say, other creatures that are predators of uh, mosquitoes, such as dragonflies, such as mosquito fish. Of course, there are surface films that can uh, stop the ability of larvae to breathe. They have to breathe oxygen from the water and, and, and from the surface, and surface films will stop that. There are traps for uh, which exude carbon dioxide, an extreme attractant for the Aedes mosquito, which uh, basically puts them into a trap that is collected on a, on a periodic basis. So those are some ways that we're using to protect ourselves. Now, the average person could probably protect themselves best by making sure they eliminate standing water from their property. So even, one, even an old tire, even an empty soda can that fills up with a little rainwater, that it can be a breeding ground for these mosquitoes. So. Uh, Make a do a once over of your property, remove anything that might just accumulate some water.
I'm curious, so it sounds like you know the U.S. had a good game plan for uh, dealing with this. Uh, why did it get to such epidemic levels in Brazil? Well, in Brazil, they don't have some of the benefits that we have in the United States. Uh, we have almost, I won't say universal, but very high percentage of buildings that have uh, air conditioning, central air. Uh, the ones that don't have good screening. They're uh, we have disposable income. We can actually afford to buy mosquito repellents, which is something that is not true of all places in, in Brazil. Matter of fact, Rio de Janeiro has so many slums, uh, slums in which 100,000 people are living in at a time, and they have several of those dotted around, dotted around the city that there is almost no ability in terms of uh, finances in, to be able to handle this kind of epidemic. And they have tried. They really have. They've mobilized. The biggest military mobilization in Brazil's history is not to stop a foreign invader. Well, actually, it was. To stop, it is to stop a foreign invader, and that is the mosquito. Given the fact that it's it's kind of hard to control there, it seems as if uh, there's a lot of people that are actually calling to reconsider holding the Summer Olympics there. Do you think this is a wise move? Yeah, as a matter of fact, I'm one of the now, I think, 250 people who have signed on to this. And the reason why is not just Zika. Zika, of course, is is a big issue. And indeed, there may have been up to a million cases of Zika virus infection in the southern hemisphere but things are very turbulent in brazil not just from a medical standpoint but from also an economic standpoint and a political standpoint and this is i think a very big issue as a matter of fact it with regards to being hazardous to your health going to rio may be hazardous to your health not just from the standpoint of the zika virus epidemic but also from the standpoint of the lack of funds in Rio de Janeiro, the host city of the Olympics, to pay its police officers. Police departments are running out of funds to buy gas for their vehicles. It's reached a point where some precincts have asked local residents for donations of necessities, even toilet paper, and homicides because of the decreased police coverage have increased 40% in the state of Rio de Janeiro over the previous year. And that includes 54, so far, police officers that are among the victims. Matter of fact, every interview I do with regards to Zika virus, that number has climbed. So the last interview I did about Zika virus was just a couple of days ago. It was 49 officers at that time, now 54. So as a result, security is a big issue, and security is something that we no longer can expect from the, from the Rio Police Department. As a matter of fact, they greeted one group of tourists coming off the plane to Rio de Janeiro with a sign that said, welcome to hell, the police will not be able to protect you. It's quite the hospital greeting, I guess. I mean, it's <laughs> <laughs> the Olympics in general are, are a big uh, strain for any country hosting it, and especially for uh, Brazil, probably even more so, as, as you mentioned. Is it even likely that they'll even consider uh, shuffling it off? At, the, at this point, calling off the Olympics would mean stopping some incomplete buildings, canceling a lot of contracts, refunding a lot of ticket 
fees. Brazil sunk about $15 billion into the Olympics, so it's very hard for a country to admit that it may not be prepared for the Olympics and cut their losses. But the truth is, is that they haven't completed some of the infrastructure. The main metro line that's going to transport visitors to the venues venues is not complete yet. That means that people are going to be half going to be travel uh, tourists are going to be traveling through some of the slums or what they call favelas down there that in order to get to the games and it might actually be dangerous. The economy in Rio itself. The, this was an amazing thing. The acting governor of Rio says that there is a state of financial calamity in the city and has gone so far that there may be a total collapse of public services unless Brazil's federal government steps in. And that's the first time I've heard a politician state that there is a total collapse under his watch. So I think it's uh, an extraordinary statement, and it really makes you think whether that it may not be a good idea uh, to go to the Olympics, even if they do hold them there. I will say that although Olympics have been canceled before, they have been for world wars, and, uh, but not for public health situations. However, the 2003 World Cup of Women's Soccer was moved from China to the United States due to a health, uh, public health crisis, the SARS epidemic. Potential precedent there, but probably unlikely that anything's going to stop the momentum from uh, from Brazil hosting it then. Well, I agree, but there's something turning up every day that is an additional bad omen. There were body parts that have uh, washed up on the beach volleyball, beach volleyball venue. There have been, uh, they actually, believe it or not, they actually killed the mascot. The Olympic mascot is a jaguar, and they brought one from a local zoo for a torch lighting ceremony, and it uh, became a little rambunctious and was shot and killed by a nervous security guard. So if you need an additional bad omen, well, there you have it. So maybe just to close, what do you think should be uh, the the message then for uh, people, uh, again, regarding Zika, uh, considering going to the Olympics, uh, maybe just uh, stay home and enjoy it from the, the comfort of the couch? Well, ask yourself this, with regards to the Olympics, ask yourself this question. Is it worth sending a half million tourists and 10,000 athletes to ground zero of a raging epidemic for a sporting event? That That is my Olympic message. But honestly, for, for the United States, uh, I would say don't travel to the epidemic zone. Uh, have mosquito repellent. There are a number that are EPA-approved, uh, DEET, uh, Picaridin, IR3535. If you like natural products, I do. Uh, oil of lemon eucalyptus would be good. Make sure you wear long pants and sleeves uh, when you're in uh, high mosquito population areas. And stay indoors if you have to go to a place where there are Zika, uh, uh, community-wide Zika cases. Certainly good advice, and pleased to talk to you. Uh, our guest was uh, Dr. Joe Alton. He's the author of the Zika Virus Handbook. Find out more about him at his uh, website, uh, doomandbloom.net. And uh, Dr. Alton, I want to thank you very much for joining us today on the Grok Science Show. Thank you. It was a privilege. And that's all for this week's edition of the Grok Science Show. Make sure you tune in next week for more from the world of science and technology. If you'd like to contact us here, you can email us at science at groks.net. For Grok Science, I'm Frank Ling. And I'm Charles Lee. Make sure you also see us on the web at www.groks.net. Have a great afternoon and keep on grokking.
Thank you.